Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Host Nora McInerney is back for season two of The Head Start, Embracing the Journey, a podcast from Ruby Studio and AbbVie. In each episode, Nora has real conversations with real people living with chronic migraine to see how they took action to understand this disease. So jump into the conversation for season two, a show that creates a little more space for empathy and understanding in such a complicated world. There shouldn't be so much hesitation around asking questions and asking for help. So don't wait. Join the Head Start Embracing the Journey and learn a little more about life with chronic migraine. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids to a classroom? Homes.com knows that these are all the things that you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's all so you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Welcome to another episode of Four Things with me. I'm Amy Brown, and I don't know if I've shared this with y'all, but maybe like a week and a half ago, maybe it's even been two weeks, but I don't know if I've shared with y'all that we've hit over a million downloads of this podcast, which is super cool. But I got an email from some people, like some higher-ups in my company, iHeart, and they were just sharing the news that I had hit over a million downloads. And so I thought I should actually share that with y'all. I can't believe I haven't yet because now we're we're probably over that for sure, and I owe it to you guys. So thank you for downloading and uh, posting about it and writing reviews and rating and doing all the things, maybe telling your friends about it because that's just super cool and you know helps to know that I'm not just sitting up here talking to myself, which I guess if I was, that would be fine, but it's much more fun interacting with you guys, and I always appreciate the emails that you send and, you know, uh, trying to give you a really diverse podcast because that's what the, that's what it is. The four things really never 
relate to each other. Maybe sometimes they will, um, but by coincidence, probably. But each thing on the four things on Thursday, very different. Like this week, for example, very, very different. I have my friend Jill coming on and she is sharing her story, a very vulnerable one about going through a miscarriage. And when she told me she was willing to share the story, I was like, yeah, I, I, yes, like we, we should do this because I know other women out there and even men are going through this or people have friends that are going through it and they need to know for one that they're not alone. And, you know, if you know someone going through it, maybe you can hear her side of what it, what she needed from friends when it happened or maybe what she didn't need to hear from people while it was happening. So I've already recorded this segment with Jill as I'm, you know, recording this right now. And she wanted me to set something up because she, in the little talk that we had, she mentioned something about a time where she was blaming herself and you know, was it because she had too many margaritas or she drank too much? And she was like, when she listened back to it, because I let her listen back to it to make sure she was okay with it, because it is something that's very personal. And she was like, okay, the only thing that I want to make sure people understand is that I wasn't referring to me having margaritas and drinking and whatever while I was pregnant. She just meant in life in general, like, did she have too much fun or did she mess up her body by drinking, you know, many, too many margaritas, which really in her case isn't too many, but it's just like she was being honest with thoughts that she was having. But I told her I would clarify with y'all that she didn't mean while she was actually pregnant or while she she knew she was pregnant. So Jill, if you're listening right now, took care of that for you. Totally understand you wanted me to clarify that. And then, um, you know, and also Jill, if you're listening right now, thank you again for coming on. And then totally unrelated to that, the other things that I've got for you, uh, this episode, uh, a five-second rule. And I'm not talking about the food rule where if you drop a piece of food on the ground, you have five seconds to pick it up, which that's been debunked, by the way. I read an article that like bacteria latches onto it within like half a second. So I don't know. If it makes you feel better and you feel like you can eat food off the ground if it hasn't been on there five seconds, go for it. But I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But that's not the five-second rule that I'm talking about. It's something that a listener shared with me, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is genius. I need to start implementing this into my life. And if I'm going to start doing it, then other people need it as well. So I'm going to share the five-second rule with you. And then, again, completely unrelated to that, we're going to talk about tattoos because I have two of them and maybe you're thinking about getting one and you want to know like where what's the sensitive area on your body what what area of your body can take the most pain where should you get it what should you do and then as I'm recording it because I had my kids with work at, up at work with me when I was recording and my daughter she came up to the mic with a very strong opinion about the tattoos and I didn't really know she felt this way about my body and tattoos but she doesn't really talk much and she doesn't want to be on the podcast. My son Stevenson has come on from time to time, but you know, she's a little bit more shy and but her English is getting so much better. If you don't know, I've adopted two kids from Haiti, my husband and I, and they've been here about a year and four months. And maybe she's just feeling more comfortable with talking and maybe she'll come on more because I was proud of her for having an opinion and speaking up. But I had no idea she was gonna come over to the microphone and you know, pipe in with her thoughts, but she did. So I do have my daughter as a little special appearance on this episode. And then lastly, we're going to talk about running. Um, I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I have done a marathon and someone emailed in asking about running tips. Now I am not a runner anymore, but 
I really feel like maybe, you know, some of this doesn't have to apply to running a marathon per se, but maybe you're just trying to get going and get moving and maybe run a little bit. You don't have to run a marathon to actually listen to the the segment. It may apply to you or uh, maybe it'll motivate you to try to do something or maybe do something you never thought you could do. Because trust me, I never thought I could run a marathon and I did it. Even looking back, I still can't believe that I did it. But also... When I think about that marathon, I also think about how my boyfriend broke up with me right after it happened. And it's you'll hear in the in the little thing, it's going to be the fourth thing, uh, why why he broke up with me. And you know what? I don't blame him. So there's a little menu for today's episode, and uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Also, I just want to give a quick shout out to my dad if he happens to be listening. I'm going to tell him that I'm super proud of him for taking his first bites of food in like 10 months. So my dad has cancer. Actually, he's cancer-free right now because they did chemo, radiation, and surgery, and the cancer's gone. So hallelujah, praise Jesus. But he had surgery last summer and ended up like with a feeding tube and hasn't been able to swallow. So he hasn't had food since last July, like July 1st or something crazy. So, or maybe like even end of June, maybe the surgery was end of June, actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He hasn't had food in a very, very, very long time. And he just, and I know some of you ask me for updates and to keep you posted on him. So I appreciate those of you that do ask and that have been praying for him on this journey, but he took his first bites of applesauce. He took five bites with his physical therapist and that's just huge. He still has the feeding tube because he obviously has to get more nutrients than five bites of applesauce, but It's pretty awesome, and I'm super proud of him, and maybe he's on his way to eating, you know, his first real meal at some point soon, which always gets me thinking, like, anytime we talk about it, we're like, God, if you couldn't eat for so long, what would your first meal back be? And his has changed so many times, totally depends on what he's craving, but, I mean, think about that. If you couldn't eat, what would your first meal back be? Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Mine, I feel like mine changes a lot too. But for whatever reason, mac and cheese just popped into my head. And my family has an amazing recipe. It's called Alabama Mac and Cheese Yo. And if you want to find it, you can go to oneplumtree.com and just type in mac, mac and cheese or Alabama mac and cheese in the search thing on the blog. It's a blog my sister and I used to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no intention of talking about this at all. But these are the things that just pop into my head. So check it out, Alabama Mac and Cheese Yo. Make that at your next function where you have to take a side dish. And trust me, people will be like, whoa, we're always inviting you to our functions because you bring the best mac and cheese ever. Okay, there you go. Uh, let's get into today's episode. First thing that's right. ah. is killing me. Tell me why. Can you hear me? <laughs> Why do you get you headphones like, and I don't? <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay. I feel like I'm, I need to keep that in. That was my friend Jill doing oh her best Britney Spears. You actually did sound like her. Well, you know, I am kind of <laughs> secretly Britney. <laughs> so I, I'm super excited to have Jill on here today. She's my friend from Austin. We met in 2004 at a spin class at a gym in Austin called Pure Austin. Hills and drills. Yeah. I mean, it was like the gem to work out at, if, especially if you were single. And we were. <laughs> big time. <laughs> big time. And we were big. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were bigger than, were, were we? Yeah. I was. I was. Sure. Yeah. I was for sure. We worked out a lot. Yeah, like, we did. Why, why, why were we bigger then? Because we <laughs> ate a lot. <laughs> you are what you eat. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, and 
Well, we ate a lot of buttercream. <laughs> Amen. And still, I still do. Yeah, we were going over Jill's. I, I have Jill on. I'm excited to have her on because she's visiting Nashville. And I asked her to come on to share a very personal story. She is a mom of, of two, but really she's a mom of three because she went through a miscarriage. So we're going to get into that because I know, I feel like I have more and more friends that it's that's that's the part of their story. And I want people to know it's okay to talk about and you're open to talking about it. So I just wanted others to know they're not alone. Sure. And you you definitely went through it at a stage that was way later. So I want to get into that. But buttercream made me think of how <laughs> we were trying to talk about your four things to make you a four things tote. And just so y'all know a little bit about Jill's personality, we're pretty sure the tote would say coffee, um, dancing, because Jill loves to dance. Love oh, to dance. can we talk about the time you were dancing at the club and you <laughs> My like chicken a lot cutlet of- fell out? <laughs> Tell the story. No. Yes. Uh, well, this was back in the day when chicken cutlets were super expensive. Explain what a chicken cutlet is. <laughs> you know, the little things you put in your, your boobies so that you actually have cleavage or you actually look like you might yes. have boobs. <laughs> so they stick on to your boob, but they if if you're looking if you at them boob, in a drawer, <laughs> yeah, they look like a chicken, chicken breast. Cutlets. It looks yes. like chicken, but it's really, you know, a sticky bra. That this is true, yes. And, um, you know, I like to dance. And then when I dance <laughs> in the bigger days, you sweat a lot. <laughs> so one of them might have just not have been as adhesive as I would have liked and slipped out um, in Vegas. We were all in Vegas. And uh, anyway, I could tell just by looking down that I had one in and one was not present. And I looked down on the ground, didn't see it. And then when I looked to my right, I saw a group of guys holding the chicken cutlet in their hand. Like, what the heck is this? And so and they're expensive. They were now that I don't think they're as bad. But anyway, again, this is dating myself. This was at least 10 years ago. However. Oh, it was like 15 years ago. OK, 15. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. Uh, but I walked over because I was like, I have to get that back like that has to go <laughs> because they're so expensive. And this was before working and all that good stuff. So anyway, I walked over and like basically grabbed it from the guy's hand and then took the other one out and used him as headphones and started like making it into a dance routine. Like I was jamming to my, my beats. <laughs> Jill's With one to cutlets. make light of any situation. Like she's going to make it fun. Uh, she, I was actually just asking her if she knew about the Enneagram because I've had the Enneagram dude on the podcast uh, the last month, like twice. And she doesn't know what she is. But if I had to guess, I feel like Jill is a seven because you're always one, like you're wanting to have a good time. You want everybody to have a good time. Like why are, like if you're not having fun, like, sorry. Well, YOLO, you only live once. Yeah, YOLO. YOLO. (laughs) So uh, Jill's four things would be coffee, buttercream, dancing. And what was the other one? Well, I've, I was like family, ocean air. I have like 20, so I'm going to struggle with putting four. Oh, ocean air, like literally the ocean air. I love the ocean. Jill loves going to the beach. To the beach. Sometimes she comes back really, really tan too. <laughs> like for your wedding when I was like orange and uh, you're like, wow, thanks. I'm the bride. <laughs> you're she, I, she, The bridesmaid's dresses were red. And so was I. And <laughs> Jill walked down the aisle like a lobster. Like an orange hue. You looked beautiful. Rojo. Mm-hmm. Rojo. Yes. So yeah, Jill is uh, someone that... I'm super thankful to have in my life that I definitely hanging out with you the last day or two has reminded me like we got to hang out more because I miss you. I miss you more. And part of, um, you know, 
what I love about you is that you you are an open book and you do share everything and you put a lot there. You say, if it comes into your brain, I think you just say it. I do. <laughs> and I sometimes offend people. <laughs> right. But but then you recover. I, I try. You recover I try. because I never know mean that ill will. You know no. you don't. Like you're the, a genuine, kind, loving, fun wow. person. But yeah, stuff just comes out. I have that prefrontal cortex problem where <laughs> when I think it, I just say it. And sometimes I say it before I even think it. So. Yes. Um, and, you know, I I didn't know how for sure we would dive into this, but let's just start with you've got two boys and then you get, or no, you got two kids. Then you get pregnant again. So you have a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. And then you get pregnant with? My third. Yes. Your third. So let's start with that. Well, so I always like secretly wanted like five children. Um, but I think after having two, you're like, whoa, this is a lot harder than I thought. Um, however, it's probably the coolest thing that ever happens to you because being a parent is awesome. Um, better than any job ever, you know, but you don't get paid for it. <laughs> and but, tell them what you do for a living. Um, I am a pharmaceutical sales rep. Yes. Um, yeah. I've always been in the medical industry. I did device sales for a while, but now I'm doing pharma. Fabulous job as a mom. Anywho, um, so I had my two children and my husband and I would joke about having a third, but, you know, financially and just, um, you know, mentally, we were like, no, two's, two's good. So we weren't even trying, and I think we secretly were like, oh, my gosh, you know, when we did find out that we were pregnant with our third, it was like, how did that happen? Like, we don't even know. And then my husband's like, is this even mine? <laughs> Wait, you don't even know because y'all weren't really doing we it weren't that trying. much? Yeah, oh. and we weren't trying. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, how did that happen? Um, and then, of course, you know, you, you have two vehicle or you have two cars, and then you're thinking two kids, and having a third, you start mentally thinking, oh, my God, we have to get a bigger car. How are we going to do this? And um, but of course you get excited cause you know, just what, you know, the meaning of a new life is and how awesome. So secretly I was like, oh my gosh, we might actually get to that five, five kids. Yeah. Um, so we got, um, super excited. My husband was really good about going with me to all my uh, appointments and, um, uh, you know, by the third one, we did all the genetic testing and all the things that you have to do when you are, what do they call it, like um, high-risk pregnancy once you're 35 or older. And that geriatric? Yeah, something mm-hmm. like, just so you're like, really? But anyway. Like, that's depressing. With all of them. You're only 35. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I no, but I was, well, yeah, I was 37, I think, when, yeah, 37. But anyway, I had to do it with all my pregnancies because once you're above 35, you're considered at high risk. Uh, so anyway, I... Uh, you know, we had gone to our routine check, did the genetic testing, and everything was showing another healthy baby. And uh, my husband was with me as he would come to the meetings or the the meetings, the visits. <laughs> and uh, she said, hey, another healthy pregnancy. You don't even need to come anymore. Um, so we were super excited. And my husband was like, okay, well, you know, third one. That's cool. We'll just, I won't come to the appointments anymore with you. And then, of course, when I went to my 18-week checkup, uh, they couldn't hear a heartbeat and my husband wasn't there. And, uh, so she's like, well, that's okay. You know, sometimes we have a hard time. We're going to, uh, get the ultrasound machine and do it in utero and see if we can see it then. And so when I went in and, you know, I'm looking at the screen and I see this baby on the screen and there wasn't a little flashing light like there always had been to see a heartbeat. And, uh, my experience was a little, Odd, but my uh, 
doctor was like, oh, no, Jill. Oh, no, this is not good. And I was like, what? And I just remember, like, looking up, and, you know, all the OBs have those, like, mobile things, <laughs> like, a, like a kid has at the crib. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a bunch of fish. So, again, ocean air. Like, I'm a big ocean person. I just remember thinking, okay, I'm on a raft, on an island. Breathe, breathe. Everything's going to be fine. And I just remember starting to pray, like, no, this is not happening. This is not happening. Anyway, the doctor tried to pick up the phone to um, call another doctor to come in and the phone wouldn't work. So she was like, I'll be right back. So she literally left me in there. (laughs) And I just remember like grabbing my hair, looking at these fish, just praying, going, come on. And then looking at this picture of this baby going, come on, come on, come on. And then the other physician came in and uh, they were like, we're so sorry, Jill, this isn't good, you know. What? What? And then you start thinking, what did I do? What did I eat? You know, was it because I lifted too much? Was it that time that my son jumped on my stomach? And oh my gosh, it's because my husband and I were joking around about, you know, we weren't ready for number two and that we didn't even have sex or whatever, whatever. Like the kid hurt us. Like you just start blaming yourself or you start thinking about what you did to make this happen. And, um, you know, and then you freak out because obviously third kid, you're showing. It's like, what's going to happen? Like, you just want to hold that baby. And surely there's something they can do, um, you know, to resuscitate it or bring it back. Like, what can you do? And you're just sitting there staring at this baby with no ticker, no heartbeat. Um, and, you know, for uh, where, because of where I was in my pregnancy, I couldn't get, like, a DN. I can't, it's DNC. Um, I had to get a DNE because the baby was so large. Um, and, you know, in Austin where I live, uh, I don't want to say the hospital, but they're real particular about once you're so far along not being able to actually deliver the baby um, at this hospital. So they were sending me to Planned Parenthood because that's how they said they would remove the baby from me. And mm. I just had a really hard time with that because, you know, I... I don't know. I don't want to get you into can, my political views. You can share it. No. Yeah. I, but I just, I didn't want to be affiliated, in my opinion, with something that people were aborting babies because that was, my baby was not aborted. My baby was dead because of, you know, an unknown reason. And I didn't want to even put my name into that place or, you know, be affiliated or look like. So anyway, that was just a real big struggle for me. But thankfully, um, because I'm in the medical field and, um, I've got some friends in Austin. They were able to help me get back to the hospital, and they had to put me under and obviously remove my son um, from me. But, uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things that um, – and I had him buried, so I know where he is, and I'm in sales, so I'm constantly in my car. So I personally feel like I can see him every day when mm-hmm. I want to because I drive by and just have little words of wisdom with him. But, um, you know, I think – I'm babbling, obviously, but I think that uh, it is hard and you always do wonder, was it something I did? Was it something I ate or so on and so forth? And you start to blame yourself. And um, I've really like dug deep. And I think my husband and I both are like, you know what? Uh, Because again, they never could tell us. They said there's like a less than 1% chance that their heart can just literally stop beating. And obviously every females uh, who have unfortunately you know, dealt with a miscarriage. We all have different reasonings of why, but I think for us, it just, you know, knowing how amazing it is to be parents and see two living beings 
you never want to see those people hurt or be in pain um, or struggling with anything, you know. And so we think, hey, if we avoided having a child that had to have multiple surgeries and, you know, just really struggle, life is hard enough as it is, but to have um, that added extra burden and stress, like maybe it's just better that he is in heaven and he is watching over us and we hope and pray that he's going to be there to continually surround his brother and sister and protect them um, for their whole life and that we can all meet again one day. Yeah. And you have a necklace where you have all your kids' names Mm -hmm. on it, Mm -hmm. including his. And how did, you know, because you were, you know, so far along and people did know, like how, then how did you, when did you feel like comfortable sharing with people what had happened because I feel like there's some women that this happens to and they're not really showing yet and they don't know how to share it and they're grieving and they don't know how to let people know or to get help and I think it's important to to talk about it because so many women feel like they're alone and it's more it's happening more than you think, but, but it's probably always been happening, but women are being more vocal and more vulnerable and willing to share. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just like anything, when you have, um, you know, someone who's experienced the same thing, it's just, it, it's almost like a sense of peace and reassurance that like, it's okay. You know, we all have to move forward and move on and, um, you know, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to, you know, I mean, as it happens to you, I think now I have a better appreciation of like just how you can literally be driving and you just think of them, you know, or think of it. Um, and it's that's just natural. I mean, we're humans. We're we care about people. We care about things. I mean, this was a human being. Like, it's okay to get sad about it. It's okay to you know. So I think it, the more we talk, like I'm a big talker. So <laughs> for me to and, talk about things mm-hmm. is better. Yeah. And it and it, to celebrate their life and also grieve it and not act like it never happened. happened. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that about everything. Like just talk about it, even in relationships. <laughs> just talk about it because yeah. it just will make you feel better. And I mean, for women out there, I really feel that don't have children and unfortunately just you know, um, experience miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. I mean, my heart breaks for you. But again, I think if you think back on, okay, if that was God's baby and, you know, I have to just keep trying and it'll happen for me and we're going to get a healthy baby to bring into this world um, and just keep going because it will happen. Um, And if it doesn't, then, you know, maybe there's a reason for that and, you know, research different avenues. Like adoption. Like Haiti. Yeah. Go to Haiti and get two beautiful children. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) (laughs) May take a while. Or even here in America, it may take you a while. So everybody's story is different or even becoming a foster parent or just, yeah. And sometimes it's, you have to grieve. Like I had to grieve the process of not being able to have, carry a child like for whatever reason, that just wasn't our story. Mm-hmm. And I had to let that go. I had to let go of that prayer sure. and that plea. And and once I did, I realized the blessing on the other side was, oh, well, thank goodness my prayer wasn't answered because now look at what you yeah. look at what we have yeah. now. So No, I'm a true believer in when doors close, another one will open. You just have to keep the faith and keep moving forward. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing this because I feel like it'll be relatable to a lot of people that listen. And if it's not, then maybe you know someone that's been through it and you can be like, hey, you should listen to this just so that, you know, people know they're not alone and it's important to share because you can bring comfort to others and then you can be comforted. And then you can have those moments where, you know, you're not just stuck. Like you're not alone. stuck yeah. alone. Yeah. I feel like so many people can get stuck. And because I've heard of girls that just like kept it to themselves because they didn't know how to talk about it. Nobody ever even knew they were pregnant. So how can they talk about it? And will anybody even understand? And I'm, I have to say, I don't, I have not been through what you've been through. So I don't understand. I don't even know that I would have the words to make it better other than next time I'm in Austin, I want to go with you to see where he's buried. Yeah. 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 We can go, we can go visit, visit him and then we can go visit Judy. (laughs) Oh, I've only gone to her grave once, but, um, you know, that's hard to go back. Is it, is it therapeutic for you? Well, for me, it's like, I literally, it's a flyover over, over like Ben White. Like, so I don't like walk over there. It's just, you just drive over. I just drive over. Okay. And I see it. I mean, literally every day when I'm out in the field. Gotcha. Because my territory is all mm -hmm. South Austin. And so, yeah, that's all I, I, I've, Yeah. That's how I find peace with it. Like, I just drive by. We have words. <laughs> we talk. talk to them. Well, you don't even have to drive by to talk. Like, sometimes no. I talk to my mom just sure. when I'm driving anywhere. But, yeah. I just didn't know. I thought maybe you were – when you said because you drive in your car, you're able to physically go. I didn't realize you meant, like, you're driving by. But, yeah, because I've only physically gone. And it took me, like, forever to find her grave. Like, forever. Jeez. I was about to give up. I was like, I don't even know. And then my dad's like, I think she's over here. And I'm like, no, dad, that's the wrong direction. She's over here. Like, Was it, it like says, a family? Uh, um, well, like, she got buried. I mean, she had her own plot. Like, my parents weren't together. So, no, she was, you know, seeing a woman, had her own plot. Like, I think the Dozier's, my sister's in-laws, like, they had an area. And maybe she got it near there because I saw some of their other family members close by. But, yeah, I went and... Um, I can't remember what made me finally go. I think because her headstone finally came in. It took my sister and I probably over a year to get that bad boy because my sister was very particular about what it was going to look like and what it was going to say and who was making it. And she found this guy in Louisiana that like was real sweet. And then they had to ship it to Texas, to Austin. (laughs) It was like a whole thing. But, you know, I don't, but I mean, I've gone back to Austin a lot since then, especially with my dad's stuff. And I just haven't really gone well, by, but maybe I need to, I just need to drive by, do like you, <laughs> do, a do, do a drive by and just be like, hey, Judy. What's up, um, So, well, I appreciate you, you sharing. And um, is there, is there ever any, what about if people are trying to talk to you about it? Was there ever any awkwardness of like people, I know with like adoption stuff, there's sometimes I would get like weird comments. Um, oh, I know. When we started to adopt, everybody would tell me, well, you know, now that you're adopting, you're going to get pregnant. Mm. And I'll be like, at first I was like, oh, that's cute. I know. No, it's fine. (laughs) It's not, people don't mean any harm by it. But I, and I've said that to people just because that's what you hear. Right. But it's really not true, even though you know people that it's happened to. Because I mean, by like, you know, after so many people tell you that and so many years go by where you're not getting pregnant and you're, you've been in the adoption process. You're like, mm, it's not really the case. Yeah. So 
I'd rather not hear that anymore. But nobody has meant any harm. But has there been anything like that where people don't mean any harm, but they're kind of saying anything that, because, you know, well, this also could be a PSA. Like, like that's sort of my PSA is nobody means any harm by saying, you know, once you start adopting, you're going to get pregnant. Like, it's just something we say. But I'm, I'm like, I would PSA, public safety announcement? Public service. Oh, service. Oh, okay. I'm like, wait, hold on. This public is a girl service. that doesn't know what Instagram is. Because so, yeah, it would no. be oh. like, that's just my encouragement. Of like, hey, let's hold off on that statement because it's really not true. And I mean, it can give false hope to someone. I think that people will ask sometimes, like, did you ever figure out what went wrong? You mm-hmm. know, and you're like, what? Like, you think it was like, you uh, like again, it, internally you start going, what? Oh, you think it's because I drink too many margaritas or, I, you know, I party too much or like blaming yourself, you know. But no, I mean, there's just sometimes you have to because apparently when he was removed, you know, they have to go through and describe everything and there was nothing that showed that there was anything wrong. So again, it's just that 1% chance that his their heart can stop beating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when people ask, you know, we all want to know, well, what happened? What happened? Because you want to try to prevent it from happening again or to you. So I think when people ask, like sometimes you can kind of build a wall to be like, whoa, you're not accusing me of something, yeah, are Yeah, like you? a defensive. Yes, mm-hmm. very defensive. Yeah. Um, and I... I I think, too, you and your husband worked through that, finally getting over blaming yourselves. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just knowing that he is in a better place and then to think that it's almost like we we feel fortunate that we have a little angel up there protecting our family. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, which I feel like that would be a really sweet note to end on. But I also think we should end on more of a classic Jill note. <laughs> oh, gosh. And talk about that time. <laughs> Oh, gosh. With the toilet paper <laughs> at the hair salon. <laughs> when it was coming out of my skirt? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like what? Do you remember I, that? I mean, yeah, I, I feel like so many things have happened to me. Like, I know, but that's a good one. Like, what, you went to the bathroom. And yes. The, you it's like, like, well, because I don't, how does that even I don't sit on toilet seats. Like, I literally don't have to. So now you're really throwing me under the bus. We squat. I, I squat only, too. I only sit on toilet seats at home when I have to. No, go number two. You don't even, you don't, you don't. No, at home I do. But I mean like in public when you got to go, you got to (laughs) go. And so I clearly was trying to take a number two because it's all energy. But when I I put like two layers of toilet roll paper (laughs) down on the toilet on both sides so that when I sit on the pot, I'm not technically sitting on the public restroom toilet. Okay. Now I'm really divulging that I'm a, a germaphobe. However, so. I guess once you're done, like you wipe with obviously another clean piece of toilet paper. But when I had stood up, like I pulled up my panties and I guess part of that toilet paper (laughs) was still stuck to my leg. And so, uh, yeah. And then because I have such a big derriere, I wear thongs. And so I just had gotten trapped kind of in the the thong and was sticking out the back of my uh, skirt. And skirt kind of got rolled up. Yeah, that was at the hair salon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, when Good I walked times. out, they're like, oh, my gosh, you have all the paper. I can't believe you can remember this. Oh, yeah. I just feel like, yes, but that did happen. But So note to self, uh, mm-hmm. wait to go check the bathroom at home. <laughs> or check the bathroom mirror and make sure you don't have uh, toilet paper hanging too. out yeah, the back. That could work. And if that you're dancing at the club with your chicken <laughs> cutlets, make sure that they're all intact. Or just get a boob job. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Okay, well, Jill, thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing. And we're going to actually, speaking of dancing being one of your favorite four things, 
we're about to we're about to go dancing. Heck yeah, let's do it. Okay, boom chicka boom boom. Second thing. Occasionally, emails that you guys send me make it to the actual like thing in a four things podcast because I have the Q and A episode on Tuesdays where a lot of the emails show up, and then I have the email shout out at the end of the four things episode where you know just pick an email to shout you guys out because I really appreciate the notes. But sometimes y'all send stuff where I'm like, whoa, this is like a legit thing. And Robin sent me an email, and I was like, okay, this is amazing. I need to share with people, and she kind of thought. Too, when she was sending it to me, she's like, I thought you would like this. I think your listeners would enjoy knowing about it. And Robin, you were right on. So I'm just going to read Robin's email to y'all and then we'll talk about it. Hey, Amy, I have been listening to your podcast for a month or so now after stumbling upon it one day when I was researching info about how making your bed helps lead to a more productive you. I've been preaching that for years to my friends who have always thought I was crazy for practically rolling out of my bed and making it right away. But as you said, it truly does give you that I have my life together feeling when you leave and your room is tidy and when you come home to a fresh made bed. On a related note, I, like you, suffer from ADD, and there's a woman called Mel Robbins that speaks on something called the five-second rule. Basically, you pair a thought that you have instantly with an action, and in five seconds, you make yourself just do it. Maybe you want to go say hi to someone. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Mel speaks on how this can help us avoid procrastination and train our brain to be off autopilot mode and get our minds going. Kind of like not hitting the snooze episode that you talked about. Don't hit the button. Just count down from five and get up and get moving. I've been trying this and it truly is a game changer. Whatever task you don't want to do, give yourself five seconds and just do it. Check it out if you have time. She has a great TED Talk episode called The Five Second Rule that can be found on YouTube. And it really got me thinking. And I think you and other listeners would really enjoy it. Thanks for reminding me to stay thankful and most of all, stay joyful. XO Robin. So shout out Robin for this five second rule. I feel like I need that in my life. And I have never heard of five, four, three, two, one, go. Like I didn't know our brains could squash something in five minutes, which I learned when I went over to Mel Robbins' website because she had a whole thing about the five-second rule. I just went to melrobbins.com after I got Robin's email. And this is what Mel Robbins says about her five-second rule. The five-second rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. The moment you feel an instinct or desire to act on a goal or a commitment, use the rule. When you feel yourself hesitate before doing something that you know you should do, count. Five, four, three, two, one, go and move towards action. There's a window that exists between the moment you have an instinct to change and your mind killing it. It's a five-second window, and it exists for everyone. If you do not take action on your instinct to change, you will stay stagnant. You will not change. But if you do one simple thing, you can prevent your mind from working against you. You can start the momentum before the thoughts and excuses hit you at full force. So again, what do you do? Just start counting backwards to yourself. Five, four, three, two, one, go. The counting will focus you on the goal or commitment and distract you from the worries, thoughts, and excuses in your mind. As soon as you reach one, push yourself to move. This is how you push yourself to do the hard stuff, the work that you don't feel like doing or you're scared of doing or you're avoiding. That's it. Five seconds is all it takes. If you don't act on an instinct within that five-second window, that's it. You're not doing it. And then she has a little graphic here that says, stop wishing, start doing, which I think is actually a really 
cool thing. Actually, that would look really cute on a four things tote. Mel Robbins, maybe we should send Mel Robbins a four things tote that says stop wishing, start doing. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. Mental note. Um, so anyway, I am all about this. The five second rule. I need this in my life, especially with my ADD. Like I sometimes cannot just get going to get stuff done because I'm all over the place or I procrastinate or I put, you know, anyway, I just thought that this was really cool and hopefully it could be useful to you and shout out to Robin, the listener that sent me the email and let me know about this. And now all of you know about it as well. The five second rule. Check out more. I'm going to definitely go watch that Ted talk too, the Mel Robbins one, because I feel like. I want to learn more about this. Okay, want to take a quick second to tell y'all that the deadline for customized four things totes, if you're trying to get in time for Mother's Day, is like uh, now. If you're listening to this, you know, on Thursday when the episode is coming out, then the deadline is like, ugh tomorrow, maybe this weekend. So you've got like a couple more days to think of your mom's favorite four things and then go to shopaspoa.com, put them on a tote. She will love that her gift is super thoughtful and personalized. And she's going to especially love that your gift gives back to mamas and babies in Haiti through Project MetaShares Maternity Center. So coming on here quickly, just to remind y'all about the deadline, because I know I'm going to get emails saying, is it too late for me to customize one? Which we will have stock totes available that you can order that will come, you know, they're already like pre-done. But if you want to customize it just for your mom, you got to do it ASAP. ShopEspoi.com. It's a win-win gift. All right, you got to love a place that makes shopping for gifts super easy because heads up, Father's Day is June 16th and Macy's has got you covered. Their ultimate gift guide makes shopping for the dad or the dad figure in your life super easy. You can shop by price, 25 and under, 50 and under, 100 and lux. You can shop by category like cologne, watches, leather goods. You can even shop by gift lists. Like if your dad loves to grill, then shop for grill master things. If your dad loves to golf, then you can go to the gift list that is for the golfer. I mean, really, Macy's has thought of it all. If you have a tech-savvy dad, voila, Macy's Gift Finder, again, has you covered with that. Top gifts include Beats headphones, JBL portable speakers, Nintendo Switch, and more. Top brands such as Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, Polo Ralph Lauren, Columbia, and more. Really, Macy's has it all, so don't be a last-minute shopper. Father's Day is June 16th. Make sure to check out Macy's.com slash gift finder to find a unique gift they'll love. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results... Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. 
No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. From searching online to asking your friends and family, there are a lot of ways to look for jobs. But have you considered finding your next job through a staffing company? Your local Express Employment Professionals team is your one connection to endless job opportunities. With just one application, they can help you find a job at a company that fits your needs. Visit ExpressPros.com. And as always, Express never charges job seekers a fee. Express knows when companies are hiring, offers benefits and competitive pay. And in just one interview, they are prepared to present you to multiple companies who fit your needs. Express Employment Professionals places people in all kinds of jobs, including everything from customer service to warehouse jobs to accounting and IT roles. Let Express help you. And remember, there is never a fee for job seekers. Go to expresspros.com to get started and discover for yourself what it's like to have support in your job search. You can also start through the Express Jobs app. Download it today to search jobs, apply, and contact your local Express office. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. Now, the best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in a short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap. Or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style, and they are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. I saw this article about tattoo pain and it made me think about my first tattoo, which really meant something to me. I mean, I'm not hardcore. I only have two tattoos. I'm all acting like my very first one. Um, I have two and they're basically in the same spot on my wrist, but. It really meant something to me. And my sister and I went and we did it together. It was very special. And I know sometimes getting a tattoo is like a really big, big, big decision. But I think if it's your first one and you want to go for something that means a lot to you, it makes it it makes it really easy and special. Like our mom was battling cancer and we knew we wanted something to remember her by. We just, I mean, we didn't know honestly how long our mom would be around, but I would say a year before she passed away, we had her write her write joy in her handwriting, and we took it to the tattoo artist, and my sister and I both got joy tattooed on our wrist in our mom's handwriting. So that forever is special to me. And then when we were adopting our two kids from Haiti, it just took a long time, and I kept having to like keep the faith, keep the hope that it was going to happen. So I had espoir, which means hope in Haitian Creole, tattooed on my wrist. And now every time I look at my wrist, I see joy and a spa. So joy and hope. And they're great little reminders. But 
I know a lot of other people like have, you know, their parents handwriting, like someone I met at a yoga class, like had a letter that their dad had written them. So the whole letter in his handwriting, like boom, right there all on her rib cage. I mean, it wasn't like the longest letter, but like say the inside of a card, like it was a note to her and it was so special that she had it tattooed. And I just thought that that was so neat. And I really think that, you know, a lot of times you think, oh, I just don't really know if I can get a tattoo because it could be, you know, you don't want to end up with some like animal or shape or symbol and not really know what it means, but you have control over what you want the tattoo to be. And so maybe think about getting something inspiring, but in the handwriting of someone that you love, especially if you can't decide on a font. I, for Espoir, I ended up going with typewriter font. I don't even really remember why. I just think that I liked the way that it looked. But now that's our Espoir logo, which is you know our line that supports Haiti. So when you, you know, the four things totes or the shirts or the whatever you get, like on the inside, if you see Espoir and typewriter font, that's because that's how I had it on my wrist. One night, Mary and I were like, okay, boom, that's going to be, that's going to be the way it looks. So yeah, you never know what else tattoos could lead to, what your body art will inspire you to do down the line. Um, So anyway, back to this article that I read. It's titled Tattoo Pain, and it's talking about where a tattoo hurts the most or doesn't hurt the most. And there's no surprise here. Uh, Your private areas are the most painful place for body art, which I had no idea people had those areas tattooed. But just in case you're thinking about that, there are more nerves per square inch there than anywhere else in the body. So, you know, if you are into that, just FYI, uh, but if you have your heart set on a tattoo, but not there, and you don't want it to be painful, then put it on your back because the skin there is much thicker and has significantly fewer nerve endings. So I guess the back is the best place to do it. I remember being really, really, really freaked out about my wrist and thinking that it was something that was going to be really painful. And I'm just like, oh, like, ooh. And I think the first time I, it hurt more because I thought it was going to hurt more. And then the second time I knew what to expect and I don't think it hurt nearly as bad. So I say go for it. I really, my husband has no tattoos and I wish that he did. Like I want him to get a sleeve, which totally doesn't fit his personality, but it's fine. He could, he could go for it. I just picture him. I really feel like he could pull it off like on one of his arms, not on both arms. So fun fact, I used to work with a guy when I did granite sales before I got into radio and he drove the forklifts and was a driver and would deliver slabs to the fabricators and stuff. And he had one arm that was totally covered, like total sleeve. The other arm had nothing on it. And I'm like, what, why, what happened to your other arm? And he just looked at me and he goes, I got out. And I'm like, what? I didn't even understand that lingo. But come to find out, he tattooed one side of his arm while he was in jail. And then he got out before he got to the other side. <laughs> so that's that's what he meant by that. But tattoos are way more, you know, not just for, you know, they don't just happen in jail anymore. They're way more mainstream now and way more acceptable. You, It's crazy how tattoos used to be like, oh, a tattoo, or at least in my world, they were. Like, I remember my mom freaking out because my sister and I wanted tattoos. And of course, we have like cute little lame ones. We're not that hardcore. But I have friends, like girlfriends, that have really pretty arm ones. And I'm super jealous of them. Like, I just don't think I have the guts to do it. Like, Jamie Ivey, I don't know if y'all follow her, but she has a podcast, The Happy Hour, with Jamie Ivey. And she's my friend from Austin. And she has the most beautiful tattoo on her forearm. Like, y'all should go to her Instagram at Jamie Ivey and check it out because it's so pretty and colorful and vibrant. 
But her and her husband, they're super cool and they can pull it off. I, uh, my husband, he doesn't think he could pull it off, but I really want him to go for that sleeve. Oh, my daughter has something to say. You have something to say? I don't want that to have tattoo. Oh, you don't? It's gross. <laughs> oh, you think tattoos are gross? Yeah, even you. What? You don't? What about these? You don't like them? Nope. Okay. Well, maybe when you're older. Well, that's good news because I don't want you to get tattoos as a, as a kid. I want you to be older and make sure nope. you get something even you like. As kids, I don't know. You do not want one. Okay. Even when I grow up. Okay. No. All right. So no, Stashira says no tattoos. <laughs> so you don't want dad to get a sleeve? No. Well, I bet he won't. Don't worry. Even if I beg for it, he's probably not going to. So you don't even want me to get like a pretty bird right here? Nope. Okay. Not when a, it does it, it's pretty. It's not pretty. Well, matter. It, it, yes. Okay. So my mom's, um, like the morning she died, the hymn, I'll fly away. Like it was a beautiful morning when she died. And I've always thought I wanted to get like some birds on my arm that were flying, like representing that, representing her flying away to heaven, but <laughs> what? So you don't think I should, so you don't think I should get any birds, even though it's special? Okay. Stashira's not into it. No. Speaking of birds, it just made me think of butterflies, which we've been growing some caterpillars in our kitchen. Did y'all see what happened to the caterpillars? Not yet. I don't know. The only thing that birds have in common with uh, caterpillars is that they turn into butterflies and they both have wings, but that's how my brain works. But I have to tell y'all something. Sashira, I have to tell you, the caterpillars died. What? Yeah. Rest in peace. They were y'all were supposed to transfer them from that little cup into that little basket, and then they were going to like after they got in their cocoon thing, then they were gonna morph into a butterfly and be beautiful and fly away. But they died. Did you know that? Nope. Stashira, do you want to tell people how you got to FaceTime with Serena Williams, the tennis star? She thanked you for the bracelets. Remember that the other day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just don't really understand like how big of a deal Serena Williams is and that she's like one of the top tennis players of all time. And she wanted to FaceTime you to thank you for making her a bracelet. Isn't that super cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day you'll understand how cool that is. But so your boy went crazy. My what? Your boy went crazy. My what is crazy? Your brain, it work crazy. Why does my brain work crazy? I think crazy. Okay, I don't know what that means, but maybe she thinks that I think all over the place, I think, because I'm gone from tattoos to caterpillars and butterflies to Serena Williams. But Stashira made bracelets for a bachelorette party that Serena Williams was at, and Serena wanted to thank her for making the bracelet, which was super, super thoughtful. Serena and Caroline Wozniak, it was actually her bachelorette party, another top tennis player, and our friend Jenna that um, works with Project MediShare, which is the maternity center that Espoir is supporting right now. So anyway, all super cool. And I took video of Stashira FaceTiming with all of them. So one day she will understand that it was a really amazing thing and not many people get to FaceTime with people like that. So super special. Okay, that concludes my really random segment about tattoos, rest in peace, caterpillars, and FaceTiming with Serena. No big deal. Bye. Fun fact about me is when I was like 21, I was in college at Texas A&M and I ran a marathon. So pretty crazy. I find it hard to believe sometimes that I've run a marathon because it's 26.2 miles. And the thought of even doing that right now is so out of reach to me, so daunting. Like I don't, I don't run anymore, but I did get an email um, asking me if I was a runner in the past. They thought they had recalled that I ran and maybe I ran a marathon. And so they were asking if I had any tips for running a marathon, which I'm like, 
Okay. I mean, I can dig deep here and I can bust out some of my marathon training tips because I did train with a group at Texas A&M, which was really awesome. And, you know, there was people that, you know, made it through the whole thing. And some people that had to drop out, there was a moment where I almost had to drop out because my knee pain was so bad. I had to go to water jogging. I remember going to the pool on campus and having to put this like harness on and jog in the water for however long, like say I was running five miles that day or whatever, or maybe 10 or 15 or whatever the goal was for that day. And I would have to do it in the water. And it was like, I was just sitting there wiggling my legs with this little like weighted harness thing on, but I did it and it helped me get through it. Now I know the day of the marathon, I probably should not have done it because I still was hurting. I hurt my knee and then I started overcompensating on the opposite leg's foot. So then my foot started hurting really bad, but my mom and my boyfriend, the marathon was in Austin. It was the Motorola marathon. I think I was like, I don't know. 3,336th place or something. And it took me like four hours and 30 minutes. I know Oprah has run a marathon before. I think she beat my time. She didn't run the same marathon as me, but I mean, I did look up her marathon time and mine and mm -hmm, yeah. So I, I was not going very fast, but I was in a lot of pain and my mom and my boyfriend would meet me at different checkpoints and give me Motrin or an anti-inflammatory, and I would pop it just so that I could get through. Because in my mind, well, first of all, a marathon is like 75%, 80% mental anyway. So you have to have your mind right. But if you injure yourself, then it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's a bummer. You need to listen to your body, rule number one. Like I should not have done the marathon, but I had invested so much time training that I thought, well, I'm not, I'm going to do this. Like I'm accomplishing this goal. Like this is happening. I'm running a marathon. Nothing's going to stop me. So I did it. And I don't think my body's ever really been the same since. And after that, I decided to get into triathlons because it just was easier on your body, like having the running, the swimming and the biking. So it wasn't so much constant pounding because I feel like some people's bodies are just born to run and they're made that way. Mine wasn't. So why I decided to run a marathon, I have no idea. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think a friend took me to the training and was like, we should sign up for this. And I was like, okay. I think my friend even up, even ended up dropping out. But I was, again, I was committed. So I wanted to accomplish the goal and I did it. And I think that if you were wanting to do a marathon, you guys can do it too. And I want to encourage you. It is pretty cool to, I guess, know that you've accomplished one. And maybe maybe you want to just do a half marathon. Maybe your goal is to run three miles. Whatever your goal is, I think that, you know, you just got to work towards it. And, you know, a marathon, again, is very mental. But also, I never ran a full 26.2 miles until the day of the marathon. The furthest I ever went in training was 20 miles. Because my coach said, if you can run 20 miles, you can run 26.2. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. And I just would encourage you. I mean, this particular email was asking me for like tips on what to do. And I just would encourage you to find others that you could run with. Or if you're in this alone, like have really amazing playlists. Like there was long runs I would go on where sometimes I would listen to music. Sometimes I would talk to friends. But I had girlfriends that were really into running at the time and you know, maybe they weren't running as far as I was, but 
Maybe I'd run five miles with one girlfriend and then meet up with another girlfriend and run another four or five miles. And then I remember meeting up with some of my guy friends that were at A&M and they would run a few miles with me. I mean, but I trained like it would be pouring rain outside, but it didn't matter. I needed to get in my run. And I remember I met my friend David once and we went running in the rain for like 10 miles, but I did it. I, I, I did it. Like if you were to tell me right now that I did all this stuff, I'd be like, you're lying. That wasn't me, but mm -hmm, it was. Uh, so I'm going to run through quickly some tips in case you guys are into this. There are 10 marathon training tips. First of all, keep a training log. You know, you just write down your daily mileage, your run times. I definitely didn't have like a goal for times. Obviously I ran it in like four hours and 30 minutes. There was this old man, like he was old maybe 80 something. And again, I was 21 and he was running the marathon carrying an American flag, like full size flag with a pole. And he beat me <laughs> like I wasn't carrying anything. So yeah, that's how slow I was going, but that's okay. I didn't ever walk. I mean, I limped, but I didn't ever have to like really walk, walk, walk. So keep a training log, increase your weekly mileage by no more than 10%. So make sure it's a gradual increase so that you reduce the risk of injury. Include a cutback week. So this means like every third or fourth week of training, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and cut back a little. So you'll reduce your mileage using it as like what we'll call like an easy week. Um, also run three or four days a week. Just because you're training for a marathon does not mean that you have to run every single day. Make sure in those three to four runs that you have going on, you include one long run and two shorter runs for speed strength. So when I was training with my group, some days we would go on really long runs and then other days we would meet at the track and we would only run like one mile, but we would run it as fast as we could, or we would do 400 like sprints. So one time around the lap as fast as we could take a break do another lap, and then it would all equal a mile. So if you're on a track, just heads up, it's 400. And then if you do it four times, that equals a mile. So tracks are easy way to do some speed work if you want to, but those help you with speed and strength. And then, you know, you can have like an easy run for like a recovery day. And then you can alternate a hard day with an easy day or even a day off. So make sure you are taking rest days. Take at least one completely off day per week. So no yoga, no strength training, no nothing. Make sure you're monitoring your resting heart rate. That's important. Keep a log of that. Consider the cross training one or two days a week, which would be something like, um, you know, swimming, cycling, rowing. Those are good options. I really did like the water jogging. I know I had to do that because I had an injury, but you could just do it just to prevent injury anyway, because you are working all the same muscles. So maybe one of your runs per week could be straight up in the water, even if you're not hurt. Uh, consider strength training twice a week. So that could be with weights or Pilates or yoga. And then when in doubt, always listen to your body. I am a poor example of that because I did not listen to my body. Like my, I was so miserable after the marathon that my boyfriend that I had at the time that was so sweet to come out to the marathon and cheer me on with my mom um, broke up with me. I was miserable. I couldn't walk. I couldn't go to class. Like, you know, when you're in college, you're having to walk far distance to like, you know, you're on campus. And my boyfriend would like take me and drop me off, like right in front of my class. I couldn't get dressed. My body got so puffy for some reason that happens sometimes when you run far distances and maybe your body's not responding well to that. And I, I got really bloated and puffy. And then I was hungry all the time. So I thought I could carbo load and just eat, 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 eat. But 
I really wasn't burning off that much. So especially after I got hurt, I wasn't burning off much at all. And I gained weight and then I was bloated. I felt like none of my clothes fit. So I was like wearing pajamas to class. I was a real peach to be around, trust me. And by peach, I mean a like rotten peach. Like it was just not good. Again, my boyfriend broke up with me and I'm pretty sure my poor attitude after my marathon and my miserable state had a lot to do with that. So think long and hard before you go out to accomplish a goal such as a marathon, but I believe in you. You can do it. Just make sure you take care of yourself. You train properly. You like get a group, obviously more than these tips that I just gave you. Like if you Google online, a beginner's marathon running log, it'll tell you exactly what miles to run each week and how to increase. So I'm not going to bore you with those details, but just know that you can Google that and it's there. And that's basically what we did with my college running group is she gave us like this schedule and we just followed it and it was pretty amazing. And I can't believe that I did it, but I did. So you can do it too. Um, but if you end up getting hurt, just nobody's going to judge you for dropping out. Just quit, let your body heal, and then maybe give it another go if you want to. And then these days, yeah, anytime it rains, like my knee starts to hurt. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's my old knee injury from a marathon running days, which I've only run one. But hey, I did it. It's kind of like skydiving. You know, I always wanted to go skydiving, sort of. And then on my 29th birthday, I think, I went. And now I can say I did it. Like, it was pretty cool, but I'm never going to do it again. Like, I have no desire to jump out of an airplane, but I like that I can say that I have jumped out of an airplane because it's fun. So hopefully this helps any of you that are thinking about starting to run or possibly even run your very first marathon. If y'all do, make sure you keep me posted. Okay, that is a wrap. A big thank you again to Jill for coming on, and I hope y'all enjoyed the other three things. Now's the time where I get into the email shout-out. And this is an email I actually had done on my fifth thing, the Q&A episode. I think I brought up maybe Sunless Tanner or something that I use. I use San Tropez, and you know, some people have been like, oh, it's just really not good for your skin. I know you try to you know, watch what you put in your body, and our skin is our largest organ, so why would you put something toxic on your body? But then I'm like, oh, I just kind of, you know, you win some, you lose some. Like, I hope some of my good cancels out some of my bad, stuff like that. But I did get several notes about this particular product that is considered clean and organic and whatnot. So I thought I would share this email with y'all because maybe it'll be helpful to you. And this note came from Beth. Hey, Amy, I usually don't send emails into podcasts, but I have to admit, this is the second I've sent to your show. I think it's because I consider you more of a friend after getting to know you via the Bobby Bone Show and now your Four Things podcast. Hopefully that doesn't sound creepy, which this is me now talking again, not Beth, but Beth totally not creepy. And anybody else listening, when y'all email, I'm so glad that y'all consider us like, you know, like a friendship here because that's what I want it to feel like. So anyway, back to Beth's email. Anyways, I was listening to your fifth thing episode this week and you put up the question regarding a cleaner self-tanner. I, like you, have used the Sancho Pay in the past, but while trying to clean up other aspects of my beauty routine, I came across Isle of Paradise Tanning Drops. It is made with some organic ingredients, and it's on the clean list at Sephora. Even better, it's super easy to use. I just add a few drops so to my body lotion and apply. It applies easy and evenly. I'm usually very sensitive to self-tanner scents, but... 
This is a minimal. Anyways, I thought you might be interested in checking it out. Would love to hear how you think it compares to other self-tanners. Looking forward to next, next week's podcast, Beth. So, Beth, thank you so much for the email, the tip. I have already gone on Amazon. I have already ordered it. I'm sure I guess I could just run to Sephora and buy it, but I would rather Amazon deliver it to me. Although it wasn't on Amazon Prime, which I feel pretty spoiled these days now. I'm like, if I can't get it in like, you know, less than two days, it's like, should I even order it? And then of course you should, because I'll even get it faster ordering it non-Prime on Amazon than I will actually going to the mall to Sephora because I rarely make it to the mall these days. But I will keep you posted. I have ordered it. It will come in the mail, and I will test it out. I guess I'll do like you did, Beth, and put a few drops into my lotion and see what happens, see how it goes. Which my question, though, is, Beth, if you're listening, and maybe I'll reply to your email, I mean, do you put it on your body, in your body lotion, or do you do you also add it to your um, face cream? Because I've really started to like my face tan, but then I don't want to break out. So keep me posted on if you've tried it on your face. Okay, well, there you go. That is today's episode. I guess the next time we'll have something loaded will be for you come next Tuesday for the fifth thing. So make sure you send questions to four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. As always, a big thank you to Walker Hayes for my awesome theme song, which I know gets stuck in y'all's head, which, you know, isn't a bad song to have in your head because you want to be kind, choose joy, laugh a lot, eat cake. It's just a good reminder. And thank you to Mike D and Elizabeth for helping me get this thing organized and put up. All right, thanks, bye. Be kind to joy, laugh a lot, EK. EK. Be kind to joy, laugh a lot. up, roll things, little food for your soul, things. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, things. Laugh a little more, things. Tight, tighten up your core, things. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All right, this sun season, evolve your sun care with new Banana Boat 360 coverage. With Advanced Control Mist, it's a new way to spray. It's an all-new bottle for an all-new mist experience that smells great and is incredibly light on your skin. You can even customize your spray. Like, to cover targeted areas, you just tap the trigger lightly or you can pull the trigger fully for a long, continuous spray, ensuring long-lasting banana boat protection. Plus, it's refillable. From sweat-resistant sport formula to kids' SPF 50+, this is sun care that'll come in handy when my kids are swimming, playing sports, when I'm hiking, when we're out at the lake, or whatever it is that we're doing outdoors. Shop Banana Boat 360 Mist at Walmart, Target, or Amazon. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. 
Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.